Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan podcast. The camera in a different place? Uh, You're yeah. like really high. Well, I I have not retested out this new tripod. <laughs> okay. So it is a little high, but it probably has more flattering angles on our faces. Uh, maybe. I just, I feel like I'm looking up at like, like, hello, mommy. <laughs> Something just great. imagine the tripod is Rhea Ripley. Oh, yes, <laughs> I like that. But so, we'll have to do what we do with my friend Andrea every time Andrea comes over and gets her photo taken. She says John Cena is her inspiration because there's a door cling in the garage, right? And so, she usually was staring at John Cena every time we did a photo shoot to try to bring out her sexiness. So, now we just need to get a Rhea Ripley stand up yeah. and put it in front of the put camera. In front of the camera. Yep. And then, like, just cut a little thing out for the camera. Mommy. <laughs> I am your host, Chizak. I am joined by my co host, Acronym. Yo. And uh, typically we have a guest, but this week is going to be a little bit different because we had a busy ass week. Yeah. For us, at least. Yeah. We, we did two or three things. Right. That's a lot. It's a lot for us. So uh, we we actually uh, got to go to SummerSlam at Ford Field this past Saturday, thanks to uh, our, our our good buddy Justin. Yes, and um, and we had such a good time. We didn't get home until like two a.m. and then slept until like three in the afternoon on Sunday. Yeah, I couldn't handle life after all that. I I couldn't even fall asleep until 3 a.m. So yeah. that was part of the problem. So you like just got 12 full hours. Yeah, well, what happens with me is that like, so it, I go to concerts all the time. You'd think I would be fine in settings like that. But like because I'm in the audience in all the people and there's so much going on and there's so much noise and then you've got pyro and everything else like and I'm not working. I'm just absorbing everything that's coming in i'm just like oversensitized yeah when i get back and so like even i get that way sometimes with concerts like even long festivals but i think i'm exerting so much energy that i pass out when i come home right because i have been moving around all day and shooting when i'm sitting for hours at a time it doesn't do the same effect and then i'm just like i can't sleep my <laughs> body feel like I'm screaming inside. I don't so. know if you noticed, but I was in the living room when you woke up Sunday afternoon and I was playing with my that app that put in the comics mm-hmm. and stuff. But I usually have something on the TV and I didn't have anything. Yeah. And there was a couple of times where I sat there and I was just like, it's quiet. This is nice. <laughs> it's nice. And I'm just enjoying the silence like the Pesh Mode told me to. <laughs> <laughs> Only you're not depressed in the process. No, I wasn't. No, I was I was truly enjoying it. Yeah. All right. But before we get to talking about SummerSlam and the new Ninja Turtles movie, as always, we will start the show with some headlines. Every week I try to put a little more stack on the word headlines. I noticed. Headlines. You're lucky we don't have a lot of fans yet because somebody would totally take that picture of you just like with your mouth open and Photoshop dicks or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> the, the bigger, the better. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, the Pokemon company had a Pokemon Presents, which is kind of like when Nintendo does their uh, Nintendo Directs, mm-hmm. where they gave uh, a whole bunch of previews of stuff that's going on. It is ahead of the Pokemon Worlds Championship, which is their card gaming tournament that's happening this weekend in uh, Yokohama, Japan. Some of the things they announced is that there's a new uh, Pokemon animation called Path to Peak, which is going to follow a trading card game player. Um, 
So that'll be the first time there's a cartoon based on the trading card game as opposed to the actual games. What was the thing you were playing last night, though? Well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> uh, Detective Pikachu Returns. They showed another trailer for that, which is going to be on uh, the Switch October the 6th. Um, Why is he emo? <laughs> oh, okay. So there's a game called Pokemon or in, uh, an anime called Pokemon Horizons. That's the first one without Ash and Pikachu. Oh. And the, the screenshot you're looking at, it looks like he's got emo hair. Yeah. Pikachu has emo hair. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Go is getting monsters from Scarlet and Violet, the latest games. Uh, we already know because we play Pokemon Unite that Mewtwo is mm-hmm. uh, is in that game. And uh, the Nintendo Switch Online games for this month dropped and they are Pokemon Stadium 2 on the Nintendo 64 and the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color. I played the hell out of that game. Yeah. That was, that was probably the first trading card game experience that you could play by yourself on a portable system. And I was just saying, yeah, last night when I was streaming it, now I have all three of my favorite single-player trading card games on the Switch. Because I've got that. I've got the um, the the SNK Capcom game for the Neo Geo Pocket, and then the other one was Triple Triad, the mini game for Final Fantasy VIII. And I have Final Fantasy VIII on my Switch. Hey, there I we go. Take my favorite single-player trading card game experiences anywhere I want. <laughs> uh, they showed off some Pokemon Sleep stuff. I've I, My favorite video game... Uh, podcast talked about Pokemon Sleep this week. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> sounds absolutely terrible. What you shared with me, it does not sound good. That oh. whole explain the disc thing real quick. So there's a little like a little plastic disc that you can get called I think it's Pokemon Plus Plus or whatever like that, and it was made for Pokemon Go, kind of like the wrist strap or the Pokeball that you yeah. it would buzz and then you would press the button or something like that. I had a little walk. Like it had a button. Was that what it was? Yeah, like I, I still have it somewhere, but it's like it's a little watch, and then it's got this button on it, and then when it would vibrate, then you there was press something the just press the button, it would throw them all. Yep. So it, it works like that, but then it's also made to work with Pokemon Sleep, so you don't have to take your phone and put it face down on the bed with you while you're sleeping so that it can track you like you're supposed to. Um, but it doesn't have like a good wrist strap or anything like that, so... And it and it's because it's got a button on it or something like that. Like you always run the risk of accidentally pressing the button in the middle of the night and disturbing your sleep. Yeah, counting. That's not good. I know that you said something about like they say you can't put your phone on the bed because it's like a fire hazard. It is. And then um, on top of that, just even thinking about how like if I wear headphones that have a button on them trying to sleep yeah i've called you before when i've not been home <laughs> while i was sleeping while you were sleeping at like three in the morning i think i called you when i was at laurel's house yep. because i laid on a button and had my headphones on to block out the dogs right so like with that it's like if you're pressing buttons and it's disrupting the game like until you fix that why did you even launch it don't know <laughs> And it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> also, if you do have the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet games, they are running a Mew and Mewtwo event. You can get Mew through a uh, secret present if you put a code in. And then they're going to do a raid event where, like, you and three other players have to fight Mewtwo. And mm-hmm. then uh, if you beat them, one of the winners gets a Mewtwo. I think I remember them doing something like that before with Mewtwo or Mew, where you had to fight the big one. I think, what, did they do that in, like, Pokemon Go as well? Yeah. That was how the raid worked in that? Yeah. And they also showed uh, new downloadable content, which is coming in September 13th, will have brand new Pokemon in it for Scarlet and Violet, which means that they 
held on to Pokemon when they released it specifically to sell them to you as downloadable content. Yes. <laughs> We've got a couple music things here for you real quick. Uh, right. These are all tour things, so I'm going to just do them all at one time. Nathaniel Ratliff of Nathaniel Ratliff in the Night Sweats, as we would know him. Is that how you uh, say it? I thought it was Ratliff. Maybe it is. Oh, I, 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 who knows? I could be saying it wrong. We'll ask Tony. All right. See, since he called me out on asking him, throwing him under the bus last week, <laughs> throw him under the bus again. You find out and you let me know, Tony. He doesn't like the way I say Oppenheimer. <laughs> no, literally, he texted me and he goes, man, he threw me under the bus again. And I'm like, I'm going to keep doing it, man. Um, But uh, yes, Nathaniel Ratliff or Ratliff has finally gone on the road after having to cancel his tour in 20, like the 2019 tour he was the Sure. As soon as 2020 hit everything had to go off the board so now he'll be going back on the road we've got janelle monet going on the road for her age of pleasure tour um and i am not messing up her pronouns she accepts she her or they them so that'll be a wild time i think and then we've got a little bit of nickelback news and some lou news because we got some we got some lou happening now Hi, buddy. We, we didn't shut the door. Yeah, well, this is why we this shut the This is why we shut the door. Hi, buddy. So apparently during uh, one of the performances for Nickelback in Maryland Heights, Missouri, Chad had to hit pause right at the first song and was like, I sound like shit and I'm so sorry. He is sick uh-huh. and he's trying to push through it. Right. And so he's like, I can't do this. I cannot sit here with an... Uh, f- fucking absolutely destroyed throat and try to make it through the show and pretend like there's nothing fucking wrong and take your fucking money because it's wrong. I'm having a hard time hitting notes. The doctor just jabbed me in the hip with some prednisone and we all crossed our fingers backstage hoping it was going to work, but I cannot in good conscience stand up here and sing these fucking songs and have my voice crack and everything and sound like shit. It's driving me fucking nuts. So I'll tell you what, I could give it my best. I could just keep trying and we can pull this fucker out if you want to. And I guess people probably cheered or something. So he said, fuck it. Let's start the song over. I'm just going to give it all I got. <laughs> so he pushed through it. That was um, that happened a little like before the fifth or the sixth. So they are set to be at Pine Knob on Sunday. Hopefully he's feeling better. Sure. So fingers crossed. But uh, Nickelback's tours is feeling a little shaky with uh, Chad feeling a little sick. So we're we're hoping he'll pull through that. I hear that the hero may save them. <laughs> Considering the basis was like, I can sing, and he's like, no. <laughs> it's that, a hero tried to save him. That scene from Scott Pilgrim where young Neil just is like, I can play bass. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Last weekend, they had the Evo fighting game tournaments where people uh, figure out who's the best for the year at uh, all the different fighting games. Uh, Street Fighter Six, the newest iteration of Street Fighter, was one of the fighting games that debuted its uh, its its best fighters on it. And one of the fighters who uh, didn't make it to the end, but actually got to uh, got through a few rounds is known as Blind Warrior Sven. Mm-hmm. He is a player who lost his eyesight at the age of six because of cancer. Thanks. And with the way the new Street Fighter 6 game works, there are um, the sound cues that people give actually get louder the closer they get to each other. So he has learned to play Street Fighter 6. And actually, there's video of him winning one of his matches uh, based on like he's got he's got a uh, bandana across his eyes and it's based solely on sound cues. Damn, that's pretty cool. Uh, it is. And like, 
it's hard to not be like, man, if you got beat by the blind guy, you're just not good at this game. But also, like, how good does he have to be? Oh, yeah. To be able to get, you know, to to be like, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to see how good I can do at this tournament. Well, it's like instinctual too. like if if you can hear it from that way, your senses are going to kind of shift a little bit if you're already blind it's gonna start powering the other ones i right. assume so you know n- maybe not daredevil style but like you know clo- close to it i'm looking forward to when we finally get the street fighter player that plays by sense of smell <laughs> oh you're perspirating more i must be closer oh god sonic boom considering how many bad people i smelled at SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dead by Daylight, uh, which we talked about uh, this past month, got Nicolas Cage, which I still haven't played because I've been playing Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that you got sucked that far into Fortnite still blows my mind. It, you know, it's I like doing the quests. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really, like, I've won some games and that's fine, but I really like, like, oh, I gotta I gotta do these things while I'm playing. And that's kind of fun. Uh, Dead by Daylight is getting the Alien franchise jeez oh, so they're going to be including the alien and a level where you're going to the xenomorph where you're going to have to uh survive against the xenomorph well that's interesting yeah that'll be fun i can't remember you said um nick was a hero nicholas cage is yeah one okay. of the survivors that you so they're going to they're going to um have the this one be a villain i was kind of yep. they're going like why are you all of a sudden churning them out as fast as fortnite yeah but uh luckily that ha- happened so and I've got one more bit of Barbie news for you. Uh, Barbie has officially broken the 12-year record held by Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 for the fastest Warner Brothers film to gross $1 billion globally. Yeah, apparently um, Margot Robbie said in a meeting, like, we're going to hit $1 billion. And she goes, I wasn't really sure that was going to happen, but it did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty cool. I got one more short one for you. So this is just a little cute thing. Taika Waititi reveals that Rita Ora proposed to him. Cute. He said, I said yes instantly. And there was like a picture of them on Vogue of them with their rings and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, welcome to the Women That Proposed Club, Rita Ora. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I did. So (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, well, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, everything that happened at SummerSlam, how much fun we had there, and we'll go into the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, so it'll be kind of a spoilery podcast this week if you haven't seen either of those things. And while we're at it, I'm going to go and wrangle the cat. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. It is Acronym and Chizuk this week. No guests, because uh, we want to talk to you about what we've been up to (laughs) this week. And what we've been up to is uh, we got to go to Ford Field for SummerSlam. That was wild. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. I was, uh, I had kind of reserved myself to like, well, I can't afford tickets and I don't work at the radio station anymore, so I'm probably not going to go. And then, uh, you know, they had, uh, our friend Justin was like, hey, I've got an extra pair of tickets if you want them. Hey, sir. When we were driving down, I was like telling him how excited I was just because I was like, this is the closest I'm going to get to WrestleMania unless I become independent loosely. Sure. So like, hey, I'm really stoked about this. That's awesome. Really excited to hear Jay Uso's theme live or the Uso's theme in general, which 
hopefully doesn't go away. Hopefully Jay keeps the Uso theme and He'd better. he gets something else. Because... I think I think it said on the drive home, if they give them both different themes that aren't as good, that's gonna be as terrible as when they broke up the undisputed era. Yeah. No, it's it's keep keep the theme. The theme is the best part. Yeah. So plus Jay's already like he's got the the up the, uh-huh. yeah. the crowd like it was great to see. Like I don't think that translated over TV because everybody was saying how boring it looked. Yeah. And I'm like the only time it really was that boring was during Ronda and Shayna. And it wasn't like the match was necessarily awful. It was just no one knew what was going on. And all I could think was like, this is exactly what you guys did wrong with the Brawl for All. You don't understand MMA, therefore no one cares. Right. Like if, if it was just a normal match and then you got to do different holds, that's that's fine. But like trying to brand it as MMA rules is kind of dumb. What they should have done is, first of all, they should have brought out the fight cage they've used for, used for Matt Riddle before. Yeah. And put them in the fight cage so they can't get out of the ring. Second of all, they should have, just like they do with the Royal Rumble every year, had the announcer explain why it was a different style of match, why they had to get a, answer a 10 count like a boxing match and that kind of thing. I think me and Janelle were the only people in that stadium that were really into that match. Yeah. Cause, I mean, like, I was happy for Shayna Baszler, don't get me wrong, and I really liked the the promo that she did beforehand. Yeah, it's real strong. I was like, man, I lived some of this shit. I know what this is like. Yeah. But, like, looking at it and going, like, from that to, I don't know, it, there was... So, my overall, and this goes for almost every match, is that, like, because I'm not hearing commentary, I have a harder time following what's happening. Sure. And it's easier, and I, I told you after the fact, I was like, you know, that was a cool experience, but, like, I would prefer just being an LCA because I could still see things on and off to my right. Yeah. And I'm seeing what's going on up there, but I don't hear what's going on up there. Yeah. So it's harder for me to decipher what's exactly happening. And something else that popped up with that was during the Jimmy and uh, Roman match, or Jay and Roman when Jimmy pops up. Yeah. I did not see Paul Heyman at all. Right. And that was an integral part of that match of him standing there watching Jimmy Well, what he did. It was pointed out on Twitter, and we don't know yet if that is an important part of the match, but many of the things Paul Heyman does are not by accident. That's what I'm saying is that I feel like that it has to probably be part of the storyline. If it's not, they better fucking write it in. Right. Because when has Paul been... Facing the camera and not been doing what he was supposed to be doing. It's, Never. Right. Exactly. Never in his life. <laughs> like, Paul Heyman is is integral to this storyline, and it would be really interesting for them to flip it where he didn't think Roman could win, so he pulled in Jimmy. Yeah, maybe. He didn't tell Roman. Yeah. That would be a really cool angle, but just even that shot where you see that Jimmy's kicking Jay in the face. And Paul is standing on those steps with the belt looking smug as fuck. Yeah. And we couldn't see that no. from where we were. So I'm going through Twitter like two days later and I'm seeing everybody talk about this. And I'm like, yo, we couldn't even see this when we were there. And people were like, seriously, you guys couldn't see that? I'm like, no. That's So that changes the way you're seeing the matches. That's something I thought of uh, when while the match was going on is that Roman Reigns is very good at what he does, but what he does works for the people on the floor and television. If mm-hmm. you are 
in the cheap seats, you are not catching any of that. Yeah. Like, and I mean, you're just watching a match and going like, man, I wish somebody would do something. Well, and we weren't even in the worst seats possible. We had pretty good. Definitely. No, definitely not. It was like, you know, I feel like it would be harder sometimes. And, and I think Justin echoed this. It would be harder to be on the floor and try to see some of that. Sure. Because of the angle that you're at. When you're at LCA, it's like the way that it's set up, you're not on this angle. With Ford Field, you're, we were on an angle. Oh, for sure. So we weren't directly camera side or behind production. And we're usually directly behind production nine times out of ten. So yeah. we see everything that's happening in the ring. Yeah, I would say the 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 angle in LCA is much more steep than the angle at Ford Field is much more laid out. Yeah, it's a little bit more flat, so you don't get as much of an angle, though, so you're not seeing up. Like, if it were a smaller arena in the squish sense yeah. and then angled upward, you probably could see better. But, like, that does change the way that you view these matches if you're physically present. For sure. And that was something I, I told you, too, is that it's something that I've heard uh, Edge say before about the the spot he did at WrestleMania 17 with Jeff Hardy where he spears him off the, the belts when he's hanging mm-hmm. from the belts. And he's like, they hit the, gr- they hit the ground and there's he just hears nothing. Yeah. And like part of it is he's, he's concussed, but the other part of it is like killing ourselves out here. What's going on? And it's because in an arena like that, especially if it's open air, all the sound goes straight up. Yeah. So it's a lot harder for the wrestlers to work to the crowd because like you don't hear them as much as you do when they're right on top of you and like an LCA. Yeah. It did sound pretty quiet for the most part during some of the matches and it was kind of weird. I feel like we blew our energy when LA Knight won the Battle Royal and then it did not come back until the main event. I mean, to a degree, yeah, but it was still sort of quiet during that part too. I think the loudest part of the entire thing was everyone booing Logan Paul. Yeah. And that was the first match. That's true. But like, that was what I heard the most was just everybody booing Logan Paul and then small children being like, Logan Paul. And I'm like, stop raising your children to be Logan Paul fans. Stop. <laughs> the, little children cheer for the worst people. <laughs> it was so sad. I'm like hearing these small children being like, go Roman. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? They like okay. they like the guy that abuses his family. Apparently, <laughs> they just like the uwa. It's it's a thing. I I definitely like the uwa. Yeah, I've been tackled quite a few times in our house with the uwa. It's true, <laughs> but I still don't understand the Seth Rollins choir. Yeah, that's a little weird too. That, that's that's I, somebody. Yeah, those were the other two moments: is is Seth Rollins getting the what like doing yeah. thing, and then of course Cody. But oh my- Cody Rhodes thing is fun as fuck. <laughs> I understand now why the live crowd is super over for Cody Rhodes because that song, it's like when Sami Zayn's music hits and you got to, or Becky Lynch's, and it's got a little singable part to it. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Well, and I think that's what's happening with Seth Rollins. It's just he's a heel, so it's not as exciting. It's more like it's, ominous. Well, like in the in the match, he was the good guy. Yeah. Taylor was the heel. Still not a good guy. Right. There's no way that you can paint this version of Seth Rollins to be a good guy. He becomes a gray area character like Killmonger. Right. <laughs> I think maybe for me the disconnect is because that's not actually part of the song. There's maybe. no part of the song that that contributes to. People just at some point decided to start doing that. Yeah. And they went with it and they're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely loving it. He's always like, oh, yeah. And as he's, he's having a fun time, they, yeah, they pull the music and then he, he conducts it for, uh-huh. so he's having a fun time. Yeah. 
So like those were the loudest moments though. Like and and the thing is, is that like when Cody's music hits, like every time that the oh uh, like every yeah. time everyone does it. Yeah. So like there is I cut together and it's on our social of all the times that I got video of you guys doing it and then the last one I actually did it. Right. But usually like everybody else gets excited and starts singing that part of it. I'm just always up front and going, Adrenaline in my soul. Holy shit, it's Cody Rhodes. And I don't know the words. I I do not even want to learn the words. Those are the nope. words. Those are the words. <laughs> Those are the words of songs. So whatever. Those are some of my <laughs> It was really it was really cute that the the woman that was in front of us cracked up so hard. She was laughing. She tried to record all of us. Yeah. We're doing the the Cody Rhodes. Like there's probably videos of us on the internet. Probably. And then we were talking about, you were talking about how sweaty Brock Lesnar was. Oh my God. You said something about how he must smell and she turned around. Because that man has never showered. (laughs) I was just like laughing by myself. And then like 20 minutes later, I finally like look at my text messages and I've got a text message from friend of the show, Erica Banis going, is Brock as red in person as he is on TV right now? And I'm like, yes. Yes, apparently you just have to suffocate Brock Lesnar enough. Yeah, that was loose. So that was my genius moment while we were there. Somebody needs to, like, look, wrestling games are already a pretty big deal anyways. And I know that the AEW game was trying to go for more of an arcade style feel than than like the simulation feel. They were trying to like, you know, make it a really fun game as well as a fun simulation of what you watch. Um, They need to make... A mode in one of these wrestling games where it's like you're literally playing a video game and you have to figure out the the trick to beat a character because like the trick to beating Brock Lesnar is just keep him in the ring for 20 minutes and he'll run out of oxygen and then you can easily beat him. <laughs> I feel like that would work that kind of goes with the um it's like beating the bees in Donkey Kong where it's like how many hits do you have to get before he dies sure it's like that only it's just you know you have to evade him as long as possible yeah exactly or or be able to take the beating for as long as possible right same thing if you kick aj styles in the nuts you win <laughs> you just win that's all you need i to appreciated do. that when they were doing the battle royal aj and shinsuke were just in a corner together they were it was, you know, it was just like are you guys just like hey buddy what's going on <laughs> like shinsuke's got him like or aj in a headlock and they're just like talking right exactly corner and just kind of wiggling around and i'm like what's the latest stop kicking each other in the balls what's the latest japanese video game you bought last time you were in japan <laughs> i i wish they would actually make those two a tag team like if you're gonna put somebody with shinsuke put aj with them that would be pretty fun because they would be lethal yeah can you imagine those two together that would like be uh, i'd be so for that so uh two things two bits of news that uh one of them was so logan paul was in the first match won his match immediately got in a car in his ring gear went to the airport got on a private plane and was in texas for his brother's match. For his brother's match, by for his brother's uh, fight. By the time yep. they went, they went to the ring. Did you see the picture of the two of them after Jake is done with his match? I did not. Logan Paul looks like he was the one in the match. He's yeah. got a black eye. Oh, it's all disheveled, and he's wearing his ring gear. And like Jake Paul just looks sweaty. <laughs> and I'm just like, why does Logan Paul look like he's the one that got his ass kicked in MMA? Right. <laughs> What is happening here? 
And the other thing I wanted to bring up, because Dakota Kai oh. was on her Twitch stream mm-hmm. um, and and said that uh, Saturdays, there was her sleep-in day, so she put her phone on Do Not Disturb, and then when she woke up, it was blowing up because Bailey was like, you need to get here. And she also got on a plane, got there, they had a driver service with a makeup person in the car so that she could get there in time for Eosky's uh, cash-in. there during Drew's match with Gunther, yeah. I believe. And, in, like, they showed, like, there is, somebody took the string of clips. Like, they clipped them at a minute piece and put them in a thread on Twitter of her talking about it. Yeah. But that's just wild. And like, somebody in the comments was like, this is why Tony Storm quit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this type of shit. I think that shit is cool, though, because it means that even if they knew ahead of time, hey, EOS guy's going to cash in at SummerSlam, they didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Including the people closest <laughs> to her yeah. until that day. Like, hey, why don't you make sure you're in Detroit on yeah. Saturday? Can't tell you why. Just... Why don't you make sure you're there? Well, that's the interesting part is like, I mean, you know, in certain aspects, people are watching that stuff now because there was a leak that uh, Randy Orton was in Detroit. Right. But like, we never saw him. Yeah. I was like standing there at the end going like, are we going to get an RKO? Nope. No, 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 no. And then you're like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as soon as they gave us the, the sw- swerve with Jimmy Uso, I was like, oh, well. They're not gonna. They're, nothing else is gonna happen tonight. I honestly feel like like going and having the experience was great, but I feel like if I had been watching it on TV, I would have been like, "Yeah, it wasn't the best." That's kind of how I felt. And while we were there, is that like there were definitely some high moments, but overall, I've I've seen a lot of people say that overall it was a good card, and I'm happy that you guys think so. I'm happy that that people that that saw it, you know, at home or either were there say. But for me, I was like. It's not the best wrestling show I've been to. It was fun, though. I finally had fun. I was For me, it was more the social experience of hanging out with Justin and Janelle, who I have not seen in person in a long time, mm-hmm. and, and getting to be obnoxious at a wrestling event with them. I was just talking to Tristan half the time. Yeah. Next to me, so it was, it, that was pretty funny. We were, I'm jealous. I wish I'd have been sitting next to Tristan. He was like to macho man impressions and shit at each other. Like, it was, it was pretty funny, but... um. Yeah, I kind of want to watch it on TV. Yeah, and see what you missed. What I missed, like, from commentary and stuff like that. Because even, like, at the end of the Roman J feud, apparently Michael Cole was just like, that was a great match, but the end sucked. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yes. I, that's- Michael Cole is going to be doing five hours of commentary now. Nope. That's why Michael Cole gets to work both shows. That's so awesome, though. He's been there for 29 years? Yeah, that's another thought I had when we were driving home. I wonder at what moment in Michael Cole's career did they realize, oh, he's this generation's Jim Ross. Yeah. He's the guy Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's hard to say that he's this generation's Jim Ross because I don't feel like he's anything like Jim Ross at all. Oh, they're different. No, but he's, he's the guy... In the way that I will listen to like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan or Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler and like you, you've you seen it, I'll fall asleep with old pay-per-views on. Yeah. Because hearing those two talking is like, it's nostalgic and it's it takes me back to a, 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 a good time yeah. kind of thing. And I think there are plenty of people who've grown up probably in the last 15 to 20 years that uh, Michael Cole is that voice. 
Well, and honestly, like for me being like in and out, like I never paid attention to the commentary when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I was just watching the wrestlers. I was just like, oh my God, Stone Cold is so cool. Oh my God, the Undertaker is so creepy. Right. Like I was more obsessed with that than I was commentary. But like I can easily identify Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Yeah. Because that's like out of most of the wrestling I've consumed now, those are the guys. Yep. So it's to me, I like when I hear Michael Cole, I'm like, yeah, Michael Cole. Ah. But like, I don't Please. have that with anybody else, though. And like, I don't know how you sleep with Jerry Lawler screaming. I cannot. I, I have to put in headphones when you have it on. He's <laughs> just like, ah, ah, and I'm like, stop. Put me in a puppy chair. I want to punch that man so hard. <laughs> I, I cannot stand Jerry Lawler. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not trying to like have an actual feud with him. I'm like in his yeah, you better be careful. He's the he's the king of Memphis. I know, right? Like like as as a personality, like I understand he's important and I respect that, but like I do not like his commentary style. I'm not into it. And him and his puppies, like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's transition. So that's what we did on Saturday. But mere hours after we recorded the last week's episode, we went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Um, you you had a great line before we went to the the movie that you'd wanted to debut on the podcast that we hadn't talked about and the fact that like we've been watching some of the older movies because you saw the trailer and you were instantly like this looks so geeked this yeah. looks fun as fuck I want to see this movie and I'm like oh cool because I knew I was gonna go see this movie because I've been a Ninja Turtles fan since I was this big mm-hmm. um but you you had said that I've been waterboarding you with Ninja Turtles movies. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, ever since we found out this was coming out, I have watched the first one. I've watched The Secret of the Ooze. It's the second one. Uh, I got confused as fuck because you started telling me about the third movie and then you put in a different movie. <laughs> I put in the fourth one. Huh? Right, the then... the first CGI movie. Yes, and then that one, that one was good. I did not watch the third movie. Though. Yeah. And then... I have now played the entire Cowabunga collection. That happened before the movie. Yeah, just about. I think we we didn't play two of the NES games. Yeah. But, okay. But I thought we did all of them. Yeah, no, we played all the, the fighting games. We played the arcade games and yeah. the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis games. Which was fun. I know I took like, I, I ended up doing like a full write-up. So if you want to hear my um, unfiltered thoughts on the whole thing, I do have a write-up on acronymzine.com. Right. But there were some notes that I, I had put in here that um, uh, part of the voice casting, and we're going to be talking spoilers kind of heavy here. So if yeah. you have not watched it and you don't want to be spoiled, I would say tune out now. Um. The way that they had this massive voice cast is not everybody was in the movie for a good period of time. Yeah, when you have a cast that big, um, it's it's hard to it's hard to make sure people get to hear everybody a lot. Like uh, Gene Carlo Esposito was only in like the opening sequences. Yep, yep. kind of thing. But it was uh, that was definitely the one that I had listed because it was like Gene Carlo Esposito is probably in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, um, you do sort of hear some of these people. You honestly don't hear Seth Rogen nearly as much as I thought you would, being that it's his movie. And John Cena is is uh, his voice has been pitched down <laughs> because Rocksteady is supposed to be so and stuff. But like you can tell it's John Cena. Yeah, just talks. a little bit. Uh, Genghis Frog is Hannibal Burris, and he's got maybe a line. 
yeah. heroes burn as leatherhead, but it's only like one line. I couldn't tell a single thing Wingnut said because of <laughs> what Natasha Dimitriou. Yeah, from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, like just fully in, in that uh, in that accent and i was like i can't wait to watch this at home with subtitles i have no idea what wing that is saying right now she just talks like that right like that's her actual voice i don't know or did they just or they're just like, just be nausea do your nausea voice right. uh i could not get post malone out of my head for like three days going because that's pretty much all he says there, he's the he's one of the few characters that doesn't really get an arc no. I don't know why he keeps singing other than it's Post Malone. He said that he wanted to be a singer. <laughs> like, that was his goal. Like, yeah. when they were talking about changing the world, like, basically, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ice Cube's Superfly's whole goal in this is to, like, either cage or, you know, make humans perform for them. Basically, anything that would happen to an animal. Yeah. By humans, that is bad. That's basically what Superfly wants to do to humans, along with being accepted in the world as the dominant race. It's Yeah, it's kind of like the plot to the first X-Men movie, where Magneto just wants to make everybody mutants and flip the minority exactly. dynamic. So at first he's like, yeah, like we can just make everybody animals and make them all, you know, mutants or whatever. And then it turns into like, or we could just kill them. Right. <laughs> and you're just like... Or, or if it doesn't work, they'll die, and that's good, too. And yeah, exactly. That's when everybody is like, no, that's not good. So there, at first, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, and then it's like, or we could just kill everybody, and then everybody's kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to kill everybody. Yeah, like everybody Bondo Gecko. Bondo Gecko has the most lines, which is Paul Rudd, out of that entire crew. Yeah. And, like, his whole thing is he's just, like, super cool, and he's, like, wearing tie-dye yeah. and saying all these things. It's, yeah, he's vibing with Michelangelo. It's funny because that is a character that there was an action figure before he was in a cartoon or a comic or anything. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us as children were like, Mondo Gecko is, is the guy that would hang out with Michelangelo. He comes with a skateboard. He's a skater. Yeah. Like, he's cool. Yeah, so he ends up being like an integral part to the story. I could not tell that was Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Trump. No, I, I remember look, trying to place it in my head every time she'd have a, a line and going like, no, I don't know who that is. I know it's supposed to be somebody, but I don't I can't place it. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, th Then all of the, the boys that play the turtles are freaking amazing. Yeah. Micah Abbey, Shimon Brown, Nicholas Cantu, and Brandy Noon. And there was a clip that I sent you the other day that Tony had actually sent me of them talking about how... At one point, Seth Rogen was part of a group. Well, what movie was it that he was working on? Oh, I think it was the um, the Lion King when what, he was either Timon or Pumbaa. I can't remember which. Probably Pumbaa. <laughs> it would make the most sense. But um, that they put him and the other actor in the room together so they could vibe off each other. Yeah. So because of that situation with Jon Favreau, he did that with the boys. And it was really cool that that kind of taught him something along the way of like, right. oh, we could have better interactions. And so they let the kids just sit in the room and argue for a while and make noise. And then they put jokes in between it yeah, to kind of, you know, make it feel as organic as possible. And I feel like it worked because those boys felt like they were in sync. Yeah. Tired. No, it was really cool. And it, it really, uh, I mean, this is a 46-year-old man talking, but it really... Uh, accented the teenage part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more than I think almost any other version of uh, of the 
franchise. Yeah. So there are some like callbacks. Obviously, if you know more about like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, you know it's based off of Daredevil. Yeah. Which we know I love. Right. So like I I love seeing things like Eastman High. Yeah. Being a thing that calls back to Kevin Eastman. You said that you saw. There's a sign when they're when they're uh, playing with the the watermelon. Yeah. There's a sign for a hotel called the Laird. Yeah. So that's both of the original creators, which is really cool. Which is pretty awesome. Um. There was a little bit of a parallel in my mind, at least, because I've consumed way too much Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. But the whole thing with the hand taking blood from these people to awaken the black sky is very much like the milking of the turtles. Okay, because they're taking this like this blood that has the stuff in it to make more mutants. That's the whole at first, it seems like Cynthia Utram's goal is to just stop Superfly, but really it's so she can get the technology so she can create yes. super soldiers of some sort. So Splinter keeps telling the turtles, like, they're going to capture you and they're going to milk you. Yes. Like, that, David, we don't even have nipples. That, that comes up repeatedly. It's it's funny that that joke pays off. Yes, because the, the machine is actually a, a milking machine. Right. Um, You pointed out that the being that Cynthia Utram uh, has the last name of Utram, yeah. it's actually... That's what the little brain guys are called in the original comic books that, like, Krang is based off of in the original... <laughs> I had to do it. Um, it's the only ones we haven't watched is the Michael Bay ones. Yeah. And I feel like you're going to have such a good time with the second one. Because <laughs> Bebop just, and Rocksteady so are in that. Weird. Bebop and Rocksteady are in that. And Seamus plays uh, Rocksteady in that one. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's in that one, which is hilarious. He's so gross. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to watch that. Um, I loved, and I, I might be projecting this, I don't know. But watching splinter do like he has one really big fight scene that's just him yeah i really think and i would love somebody to clarify did jackie chan help choreograph that scene because it looks like if he didn't the person that animated all of that just watched a shit ton of jackie chan movies and went okay he does this a lot he does this a lot he does this a lot yeah because there were certain things that if you've even watched rush hour like you know that Jackie Chan does that move, right? He does. He does a lot of props. Yes, fights. There's a lot of props. There's a thing where he always ends up at some point landing straight on his back and then flipping upward, and he did that on a rolling chair as yeah. Splinter. And I was like, that was what did it. Yep. I was like, wait a minute. And then I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, he had to have helped somehow with this. So I kind of thought that was cool to see. Um, that's something that. I knew from back in the day in the movie Cats Don't Dance, you have Gene Kelly, who is like been choreographed dancer. Obviously, he was from Singing in the Rain and all yeah. that stuff. He choreographed the cats dancing in that movie. Interesting. Because of his background as a dancer. And a lot of it was based on like old Hollywood. So right. It's kind of cool. So I, I think that that probably has some sort of hand into it. There's also references of Batman, Attack on Titan, assorted animes, Drake. The, the K-pop band BTS yep. gets a really, a really silly moment. Ferris Bueller's day off when they're in the park. And then there's a chop shop scene in which the guys in the chop shop keep calling them Shreks. Yeah, tiny Shreks. Because they don't know. They're like, kill the tiny Shreks. And they're like, what? Um, 
Also, at one point, I think it's either Michelangelo or Donatello gets thrown through a car and you hear Vanilla Ice. <laughs> the ninja. Go, ninja, go, ninja, go. Go, ninja, go, ninja. And that is the only reference of it in there. Yeah. So you just get enough to where, like, you can laugh if you've seen Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. But it's not going to terrorize you with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> right, so, right. There oh, it's that. just a fun reference. It's one callback. Uh, also, apparently, Michelangelo's favorite uh, actor is Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. And he just keeps bringing up things about the Hulk. Like, you know, he improvised that, right? <laughs> and stuff like that. So it, it's kind of fun to see like those interjections. But I feel like that kind of lends itself a little bit to Seth Rogen as well. Because it's like that's all stuff he's probably into. Right. And Seth Rogen has done a lot of comic book properties in the last decade or so. So like, you know, he, he did the preacher television show. He's doing the boys television show. And now he's doing this. So I think. I don't know that they just hand him a comic book property if he doesn't like 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 it. Yeah. If he exactly. doesn't if he isn't passionate about it. No, I would honestly think that he probably ran to somebody and said, Can I do this? Right. Like that seems like the stuff that he's into. I mean, like you have the boys who've got preacher, yep. you know, all that stuff that he likes. This gives him an opportunity to do something for kids. Yeah. And that is way different than the rest of the stuff he's doing because most of the stuff he does is really grotesque. <laughs> well, and the animation. So the animation style in this movie is very cool. It's very Spider Verse esque, but where Spider Verse uses a lot of like the the color dots. Yeah. Um, this is more of like a scribbly, scratchy style, which is is interesting. Every character, uh, in 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 a very similar way to the original cartoon, every character does not look human. Yeah. Even the human characters are kind of gross. The human characters are really ugly, honest. They have <laughs> gigantic noses. Right. Stuff like that. So, I, I don't know. I feel like the animation style, like, lends to it, though. It's very much like... So, if you've seen Sp the Spider-Man movie that just came out, um, it feels like some of the line work is almost like Hobie. A little bit. In its own way, like it has its own organic movement. Well, I think the connective tissue is that they're taking what is typically a 2D animation style and then making it feel three-dimensional. Yeah. And that's a very interesting thing. That is going to be missing when they've announced that they're going to do a show based on- 2D. Yeah, this movie. And they're going to do a sequel to this movie. So the show is going to take place somewhere in the middle of it. And I'm real interested to see- how that goes because of the way the movie ends like is it going to be a high school show where the, the 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 boys are in high school and dealing with high school stuff uh the the four boys have already signed on for the show and also april and april yeah exactly but like all your big star voice casting you know uh, of the characters that are still there um you know john cena's not gonna probably show up for the nickelodeon television show probably not uh, i so. feel like it's probably gotta be some sort of thing where it's like they're in high school and they're probably gonna have to deal with the foot because they Maybe. don't have to worry about all of that other stuff and that lays the groundwork for the foot to be involved because in this movie, you don't get the foot. No, definitely. There's nothing involving that. And at the end of the movie, as a major spoiler, is that Cynthia Otram says that she's going to call somebody in and Splinter is standing on the waterfront. And Shredder. You only, or, yes, yeah. Shredder, my bad. Um, and you only see the back of his helmet. 
So we don't know who's going to voice that when the movie comes. Right. But it would be good for the boys to have a series where they have to fight the foot and they don't know where the foot is coming from. Yeah. And then that being connected to the movie, then it's like they find out, oh, yeah, because that's my name Shredder. That's the thing is I don't think you 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 made Shredder like a post credit sequence. So you don't put him in the show. You wait for the next movie. Exactly. To put him into. So that's what like it's going to fall in this weird middle space of like what are what do we do to buy time until we get to do another of the big movies for this there's uh some interesting needle drops that happen within there that are part of the soundtrack i've been listening to a tribe called quests yeah yeah can i take it like every day for a week uh De La Souls, I know, is in there, which has an Otis Redding sample. No diggity from Black Street happens. Shimmy Shimmy Ya from Old Dirty Bastard and Can I Kick It? There's also um, a very interesting sequence that I don't want to ruin for people, even right. though like some of you may have already seen it. All I can say is four non-blondes. There you go. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, it it all the, will make you almost pee your pants laughing. All the like action sequences, whether it's uh, the car chases or the actual fighting, like are really well done. There's the one where the turtles are supposed to be shaking people down to figure out where Superfly is. Yes. And the way it cuts between the four, the four places they hit and the four turtles fighting is so good. Well, does that feel like a, sli- uh, a side scrolling video game? Yes. Because which is going left to right. Right. Which is also kind of a nod to the games that we play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see it gives each turtle a moment to shine on what their strengths are within their fighting styles. Yeah. Too. You you see that they all fight differently. Right. Especially Raph. It's just <laughs> deranged and I love it. Like he's funny because he's deranged. You've got an anger problem. It's not a problem. It's a problem. And he looks like he's smiling and his eyes are bugging out of his head. And it's like my favorite thing. I laughed out loud. There's a scene after April meets the turtles where uh, one of them calls her on the phone and she's like in a, a subway car or on a bus or something like that. And she opens up her notebook and she has all these questions about them. Like one of them is like, do they have ears? How do they, you know, how do they hear kind of thing? But right dead in the center of the screen is like, has the red one killed anyone? How many people has he stabbed? (laughs) Yes, I didn't catch that part. I was still just stuck on the fact that she's like, they're trying to hang up the phone. They're like, okay, we'll see you then. She goes, hey, do you guys have ears? And then the other ones are like, I don't know. Do we have ears? Just say yes. Just say yes. (laughs) Yeah, we've got ears, and she's like, they have ears. <laughs> Writes it down, and it's just so cute. Yeah. There was another, like, a little, uh, this wasn't necessarily a needle drop, but it was Ice Cube having a hip-hop moment. Yeah, He very busts cool. into a room, and he says, six in the morning, police at my door, which is a reference to Ice T's six in the morning. Yes. And I think that might be one of the only references I've ever seen in pop culture where one of the ice people referenced another ice. The other one. <laughs> but this is the only movie that contains ice cube, iced tea, and vanilla ice at the same time. Think of that. <laughs> Which I find just, that just tickles my funny bone. Nice work. It. Nice work. I think if there's any real problem with this movie is that it came out the same summers across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, there's a high expectation, and that was the the thing that I titled my article was, is it better than Spider-Verse? My whole article hinges on, let me give you all the facts, and then you get to the end, like, was it as good? No. 
<laughs> I, I but that doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. So because Spider-Verse was such a high achievement, putting anything up against it, it's just not going to work. Um, it's unfair to do that. Yeah. It, but it's a clickbaity headline, unfortunately. <laughs> so in my headspace, I think it was really good. There are some things that Marvel just does very well. And I will preach this is a, is a continuity situation. There's so much continuity that links up with all of the other properties that they've put out that are in canon and accepted. Like something that is an animated series, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be for kids, but it's also supposed to be entertaining for adults. And it checks all of those boxes. Yep. The imagery is great. The music that's in it is great. All the references, the voice cast, everything is great. It just, there's certain things that I was seeing that, like, I, if I'm using my analytical brain, I could unravel. And I've been accused of this before by even Robbie Landis, of all people, saying, like, just enjoy the shit. Yeah. Stop trying to pick everything apart or else you're not going to have a good time. And I'm like, he is right in that sense. Can't believe I'm saying Robbie is right <laughs> anywhere. Somebody should clip that and send it to him. Yeah, right. But in that sense, I do think that, like, there's certain things that were a little confusing. Like, for example, we... If you did listen to the end tag, I apologize if you got spoiled by anything in that end tag because we did not warn anybody we were going to. That's fair. But who put on his braces? Oh, you're still thinking about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I just want there to be an internet short or something. Yeah. Donatello watching YouTube or right. reading an old dentistry book and trying to figure out how to put braces on a turtle. Yeah, like eight or nine-year-old Donatello gets really into dentistry for three months and then is like, hey, Mikey, I think I could fix that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Splinter. And and this is something that Tony also suggested needs to be a T-shirt, but is that Splinter has access to YouTube. It should just say that. Yeah. That's all it is. The rat teaches the turtles how to do kung fu off of YouTube videos. That's going to be the fascinating thing is that fundamentally changes the origin story. Yes. And that the Shredder is not involved in the origin of Splinter at all. No. And so Splinter like used YouTube to figure out kung fu. And like. And then teach the boys. Which is like not not to interject any race into this, but how is he an Asian rat in New York? Like. <laughs> Was he an Asian man before? He, no, he was just a rat. Right. Like in, He wasn't a man. In the original cartoon, he was an Asian man. Yes. That turned into a rat. But in almost everything else, he's just a rat that was raised by an Asian man. <laughs> and you don't and even get turned... that in this. He's just like a man or, or an Asian rat that an Asian rat. comes in contact with you. <laughs> he had rolls off the tongue. You can't say ooze anymore. No, no, I literally can't, which is awful considering I work with ooze. Yeah. Life.com, <laughs> like the weed brand. Now I just want to call everything ooze. I don't, I don't think there's been a, a single um, iteration of the Turtles that I've like absolutely hated. That absolutely, yeah. even the Michael Bay stuff, like I find things in those movies that like, that's good. That's a good, you know, uh, reference to something or that's that. Brings out a part of the turtles that, you know, nobody really uh, latched onto. And I think this this is also definitely falls under the it's definitely not my favorite version of the turtles, 
but I'm I really like it and I'm really excited for the future of the franchise. What's interesting to me is like once again, this is what happens with us because of the age difference and the way that we consume things and what we've consumed over the years. Like, I really love this iteration of them and it may be one of my favorites. Yeah. Like top three easy. Right. And it's because of like the the jovialness of it and seeing them grow. Well, this is this is, I mean, even though we watch some of the old stuff and you've seen the original cartoon when I've been watching it, like, this is kind of your turtles. Yeah. This is your organic, your introduction to like, okay, now I get it. Now I, yeah. know, I, I like this. And it's like, I have frame of reference because it's like, they did have the cartoons when I was a kid. Oh, for sure. I just didn't consume it like that. Yeah. I knew what their personalities were sort of like. Yeah. Like, based on, okay, like, so... Because I've always been the person that's like, yeah, Mikey's my turtle. Yep. Even though I don't watch a ton of it, like automatically it's the fun one that I love. Right. You know, and like I'm probably more like Raph than I am of Mikey. But I can see a little bit of Raphael. There's definitely a lot of Raph going on in there. (laughs) Uh, I have a rage problem. (laughs) And I will admit it is a problem. Um, But when I see stuff like this where there's reimaginings of it, it gives it a unique life that they're able to expand on. Yeah. And I think that that is going to help a whole new generation fall in love with Turtles. I agree. And fall back into like, well, let me watch the old ones. Let me play this video guy. And that's the cool thing is that like the Cowabunga collection came out so you can play all almost every one of the old games, you know, on, on whatever your system is, which is really cool. Nickelodeon finally has the rights to the original cartoon. So that's going to be dispersed once again where people can find it again. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a turtles renaissance. And every arcade I've ever been to has had that had one turtles game. Oh, yeah. Every single arcade. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's one of the only constants of every arcade I've been to in the last like five years is that turtles and some version of Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Even with um, like they have that one that we played with Mark and Stacy. Yeah. The one based on the 2012 cartoon. That's yeah. another four player fighting game. Exactly. And somebody then that one home. I want to play the shit out of that on a home console. <laughs> Yeah, they've got that one, and it's it's really fun to play and play with each other. Um, because even when we were playing it at the arcade, like when you when you would lose, because I was the first one out, obviously. Um, and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just gonna stand back here and watch you guys play. And then you guys were playing, and as it went, Stacy ended up being the one that was left standing yeah. out of all of us. But it it has an interesting. With gameplay in that sense and i get that that's just an arcade thing sure but it does change the way you play versus playing it on like the cowabunga collection when we were playing the other games uh-huh. and it's like you have all those coins and then you have to like add more as time goes on to continue playing or whatever and it has the same arcade feel but it just just feels different inside an actual arcade oh for sure but like when we've gone to something like um off-world arcade which is above checker bar in detroit they've got a turtles game there yep uh they always have the simpsons game too yeah and that's those two are very similar within gameplay style right that's the thing is that i don't think the turtles uh game originated that style of game but it's the one that popularized in the same way that street fighter 2 isn't the first one-on-one fighting game but it's the one that made people go oh this is a genre like we can do a bunch of stuff in this, and like came out first, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Street Fighter. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I was gonna say like I remember those being in contention. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. You know, those were the two games, and like somebody, if you go to somebody's house, they had one or the other. Right. 
And and so like I feel like to a degree like the Simpsons and the Turtles games that I've played like they're kind of coded the same. They're very much the same. Like once once they figured out oh we can get four people around cabinets and keep throwing enemies at them and just fill the screen and it will suck down quarters. Yes. And if we can get a license then yeah then it's you're made. So like the Simpsons game came up a year or two after the Turtles games, but yeah. once the Turtles game landed everybody making arcade games is like okay how what what franchise can i get how can i like konami made the x-men game that has two monitors and you can get six people oh wow kind of thing i've never seen that and that was you know super fun i feel like once i played and i think i told you this the last time we were at off world um i was playing the simpsons game with you and we had just finished playing a bunch of Cowabunga Collection. I'm like, yep. now I understand this game. Yep. Like, it took me playing so much Turtles to understand how to play the right. Simpsons game. <laughs> right. And we played the and the Shredder's Revenge game. Is yeah. Super good. Did we ever play the Scott Pilgrim game in the other? No. Oh, we should. Because yeah, it's a very similar similar uh, style. Yeah. But, like, stuff like that, like, they're going to... I know that was, like, a long tangent. But I feel like, you know, people will walk into an arcade now... When they go to one and go, oh, there's a Turtles game. Well, and that's something to think of, too. So when, you know, being somebody who's grown up with Ninja Turtles, um, there's always a cartoon. There's sometimes movies. There's always comic books. There's always toys. And there's usually a video game. So somebody somewhere is probably already working on a video game of this version of Turtles that, that we might see next year. I would love to see that. Yeah. And hopefully the animation like kind of has a little bit of the elements. I would think you're much more likely to figure out how to duplicate that thing in a video game than you are. Like you look at the Spider-Man game where you can get the Miles Morales costume and yeah. figure out how to make the animation frames work. Yeah, like even um, you currently have your Optimus Prime wearing the Spider-Man 2099 cape. Everyone looks good in that cape. It's so cool. <laughs> but like, the, you know, you have that same animation style because even like I saw you showing me on the TV and I was like looking at how the cape is designed. Yeah. It's very much in that animation style. Right. So hopefully there will be a game that comes from it. But I do think it's totally worth seeing. I know um friend of the show, Sam Nork, just went and saw it last night. Oh, cool. Loved it. Excellent. She she took herself to the movies and yeah. hot dog. And she said that I had to go see Nicole Kidman. <laughs> and so she went and uh, saw that last night. It's going to sound really bad to people who are religious, but that's my church. <laughs> see Nicole Kidman in her cool pinstripe uh, suit. <laughs> tell me that heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I did tell Chuck he should be her for Halloween, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta find me a pinstripe suit and some heels. And I'll end it all on this note, and then we'll go to our serotonin boost, but, like, I was more surprised you didn't pop right in the beginning of the movie because of when they first start the movie... They animated the turtles as the grown-up version of the turtles yeah. from the original comic. Yeah, they've got the they've got no pupils in the eyes mm -hmm. doing ninja stuff. And there's been a lot of fan art since of all of the different ideations of turtles hanging out. Yeah, that that, that you've sent me some of them. I've seen some of them where yeah, there's I, I, and all the rafts were hanging out, and then I should like we should go fight somebody, and he's like, nah, we should. Do you guys like wrestling? <laughs> like they were doing that. Let so. me let me look them up on Twitter real quick so we can give them a plug. Give because, them a plug, yeah. Because yeah. it was it was real cute. There was a lot of different ones I saw. Like there was one where somebody drew out the uh, the raft going, it's not a problem. And I actually included that in my article because it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> um, people have redrawn the scene where 
Donatello gets Raph's uh, weapon in his leg. <laughs> screaming, and he's like, it's still in my leg! And it's so unbelievably funny. So there's just a lot of stuff that came from it. It's so goofy that the whole reason I want to see it again is to see if they actually bandage his leg no. the rest of the movie after that. <laughs> I feel like the only time that you ever see them messed up is toward the end of the movie when they're fighting Superfly, who has horses attached to his ankles, and they're not seahorses. Yeah, I don't know where the horses came from. Yeah, that that's keep, just honestly super bizarre. I keep saying somebody in the writer's room fought really hard for the horse joke. <laughs> Yeah, where the horse is running through the city. Right. And yeah, I totally think that that's part of it. And it's probably Seth Rogen going, <laughs> you know. You know what would be funny if they made horses? I know you sent it to me. Yeah, I can't. It is. Jazzy Bones. There you go. Yeah. Jazzy Bones is at Bond Twister on Twitter. And I'm not calling it X. You can all fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, check out their art because they've done a really cute comic of like the Raphael from every reality meeting together, Spider-Verse style. I just retweeted it to our t- our Twitter account. Twitter. T-W-I-T-T-R-E-R. T-W-I. Yeah, T-W-I-T-T-E-R. I tried to tigger it and it did not work. It did not. All right. So yeah, I guess what you could take away from this is Ninja Turtles is great. Go see it. It's a lot of fun. And we had a lot of fun at SummerSlam. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back with our serotonin booth. What are you happy about? Jeez, you're not even going to let me do the intro or anything. <laughs> what are you happy about? What are you happy about? Well, before we get to our serotonin boost, I wanted to do our our what have we learned oh God. Uh, segment. No, you're going to like this one. <laughs> this one is going to be good. Every, right? every time we do uh, this thing, I, I low-key am like, crap, this is another one of those. Let's quiz the girl on the things that she should know as a nerd. You're going to like this one. Trust me. <laughs> So ESPN released their ranking of the top 30 wrestlers under 30 last week. Okay? Yeah. So what we're going to do is I'll give you three strikes, but I want you to name wrestlers that you think are on their top 30 under 30. You already talked to me about this. I already Right. So some of these you know already. <laughs> Number one, isn't that MJF? It is. Yeah. I remember you were not happy about that. No. Rhea Ripley's number two. Yes, she is. So you're doing great. Uh-huh. Who else under 30? Beyond that, and now I'm trying to think. Who else under 30 currently wrestling do you think is probably on this list? Well, that's what makes it hard is because, like, some of the, the active people are definitely over 30. Um, no. There's I'm, definitely some youngins. Fucking blank. There's a, there, uh, Quite a few of them were at SummerSlam. One of them hangs out with Rhea Ripley very often. That you're talking about Dominic? I am. He's Why? number number five. <laughs> uh, why? It's a heat magnet. He's not even good. He is good. He's a Mysterio. Mm. <laughs> He's such a twit. Um, I'm assuming they probably put Logan Paul on that list, right? Number 10? Yeah, Logan Paul is there. <laughs> number 10. Is Dakota Kai on that list? Dakota Kai, let's see. Dakota Kai. Because she's a baby. She is not here. Uh, so that's your first strike, but I, I think she should be. She should like be. Yeah, because it's like, I know like Finn Balor and Oscar are over 40. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to. I don't know about over 40, but they're certainly over 30. Uh, Finn Balor is like in his 40s. 
I am pretty, pretty sure about that. Yeah. I feel like Asuka is pushing 40 if she's not already 40. Um, There's a... Is there anybody from NXT on that list? Uh, there are a few NXT people on here. Because um, that's what makes it a there's, little harder. There's quite a few people from AEW in here. Yeah, I haven't named any from AEW yet. Um, Tony Storm. Tony Storm is number 16. Okay. All right. I would assume Britt Baker's not under 30. Britt Baker. she I don't think she is. No, I don't. Because she's not on the list, and I think she would She would be if she was. Right, so that's that's two. I don't know any of the babies. Right. The hard part. I know at least one of them you're a big fan of because of his Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, Soup Guy. (laughs) Soup Guy. (laughs) Uh, Takeshka? Yes, Koneski. Koneske Takeshka yeah. is there at number eight. We just meshed his whole name into one thing. <laughs> yes, he's he's adorable and he loves uh, cinnamon rolls. He does. He he himself is a cinnamon roll. He is a cinnamon roll. Uh, <laughs> Shooter. Shooter. Yeah. Big Shooter. Yeah. Shota Umino is in there. He is at number 30. I figured, I, I remember you saying he was in there. Right. Somebody you mentioned earlier uh, when we were talking about SummerSlam um, that's in AEW now. I don't ever remember what I say as soon as it comes out of my mouth. No, it's just gone. We were talking about the Kai having to uh, having to hurry up. Oh, EO Sky? Uh, no, no, not EO. Uh, Tony Storm is who I was trying to reference because you'd mentioned Tony Storm. Oh, I had already said Tony Storm. Did you? Two minutes ago. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I will count that one against you then. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like don't count that against me. Uh, somebody who we definitely do not like, but we got to watch at WrestleMania who currently has a title in the WWE, is at number three, faced faced John Cena? Nothing. Austin Theory? There it is. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely forgot Austin Theory existed, nor do I. I I know he- I'm sorry. I had to remind you. Yeah. Yeah. uh, He was in the ring during the- the thing but all i remembered was ew get him out of there somebody get him out of there oh good you got him out of there who got him out by the way was it seamus maybe some no somebody i don't like got him out and i'm like you did your job now leave (laughs) um i don't remember who it was though right (laughs) well i think you got like about seven of them yeah good yeah i would get me out of this hell that's all right this is the worst test all right so so some <laughs> of the names that you you may have known that uh were here uh we said dominic was there braun breaker the cousin of uh or the, like i know his I name know. but i wouldn't have ever thought of him for sure for sure uh Liv morgan is on this list butch from the uh, brawling brutes is in here jungle boy jack perry yeah i didn't think about him you know uh jamie hater you just should have said someone who who Christian Cage tortures because his dad is dead. <laughs> it's like if Christian Cage finds out your dad's dead, he's like, I want to fight him next. Yep. Uh, Wheeler Yuta is on this list at number 20. Uh, and um, Daniel Garcia, I think, is the only other name I think you would have known. I don't need At 29. Who, who is, is he with Chris Jericho? He is. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that would be the only frame of reference I have him, is being part of the... Creepy ass blood and guts where Jericho came out looking like he was going to drink some milk. <laughs> the <laughs> clockwork orange blood hands. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's uh, like I said, you're all right. I did all right. It's just I always, I'm not good at testing. Yeah. On top of like so like every time it's like, oh, crap, I have the test. And then like 
the minute I know I'm in the middle of a test, my brain just goes blank. Yeah. Like it just all it just turns in and goes smooth on all edges. Well, I think what we need to do <laughs> is, you know, that I like this segment a lot. So you either need to take the wheel and make and make tests for me so that I don't I can't make tests for you. The only test I ever made for you was asking you questions about Jacob. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. So it's serotonin boost time. What am I going to talk about this week? I talked about the collector's app last week. You brought in comics to talk about. Um, no. You know what, though? I will talk about. So uh, as, as I've mentioned before, me and a, a group of friends get together. We play games on, uh, on um, not on Twitch, on uh, Steam quite often and for the last month or so we've been playing a game called Sunhaven which is kind of a Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or even Animal Crossing kind of game where you make up a character a fantasy character you can make either a snake person or a cat person or an angel person or a demon person or whatever and then uh, you start a farm and in addition to farming there's a mine you can go in and, and get minerals to get better tools there's a whole town full of people you can talk to and romance and maybe marry and uh, we've been playing it for, like I said, about a month. And we still we are still finding things that like, oh, I can make this uh, I can make this piece of jewelry that makes it so that, you know, if it if it if time if because if you if you're out past midnight, then you wake up at the hospital. Yeah. At the in, in the game. So like I have this piece of jewelry that makes it so that when time hits like 11 o'clock, it never isn't 11 o'clock until I get home. <laughs> kind of thing. I heard you guys talking about jam. Is that in the game? Or that's not? yes. That's in it. So you you're you're gardening. So you're growing a bunch of stuff, and then you're also like picking apples and fruits and whatever off trees and stuff. And then you're using it to make food because if you make food, it's better than if you're just eating the stuff that you're growing and yeah. picking. And um, one of the things that I had not discovered, but my other friends had discovered already, is that you can make jam with the food. And every everything you do goes into an experience point pool and there's like six different types of experience and in one of those pools once you get the the skills up to so you get to pick out of four skills to put an experience point in yeah um and when you get enough points you unlock the next tier of it once you get a high enough tier you can take a skill that whenever you eat a jam you get experience for every hour that day for the rest of the day and and so like jam is our new thing I literally couldn't tell whether it was about the game or not because Hendo has started growing for real. Yeah. And got so I, guard. I never know. I'm like, oh, great. Now Hendo is making jam. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, I keep threatening to drive uh, to, to his house, which is uh, like two or three hours away, so I can get some pickles. Right? He's got all of those. So much pickles. So many cucumbers. And didn't he have like a gigantic ass zucchini? Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah, he's getting tomatoes now. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I Too bad I just can't like... He needs to start doing like a grow box yeah. and just mailing them overnight to people like buy like throw in $30 and you get a box of produce. <laughs> but if you uh, if you like that style of game, check out Sunhaven on Twitter or Twitter on uh, friggin Steam Steam. Why do I keep thinking I keep getting Twitch and Steam? Yeah, it, they're both computer things that you Steam. Watch. Check out Sunhaven on Steam. <laughs> I have like been thinking about trying to come up with a serotonin boost and I literally this is the only thing I can come up with so I apologize uh when I do work whether it's like editing or currently I am in a complete uh file fire pile right now trying to move everything from Dropbox to Google and my files are massive so this is taking me a long ass time to do and it's awful and I have 
one computer running the file part and then the other computer I am working. So I'm going in between. And then I've got the tablet going with whatever TV show I'm over consuming because you back to uh, me back to Hannibal, aren't you? I I, I, yeah. Hannibal was going as of yesterday because I finally went through all of Dark Side of the Ring over again. Like we're, we're all the way to like die to my kid and all that stuff. Like I went through all of it. I will never get over. That. So I, wait, 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 wait. Cause I don't know if what you're about to say is what my serotonin boost okay. is. So I don't want you to fuck it up. All right. <laughs> I am working and I'm doing something on the computer and the brawl for all episode is up on my tablet. And Vince Russo is part of this episode. And you managed to walk in right when he says the thing that I quote the most from Vince Russo, which he's talking about the different horrible gimmicks that they had at the time he was writing the WWE magazine. And Jim Cornette says something about once he's once the guy is coming out of a box, it's over. And you managed to walk in right as he says, who's coming out of boxes, bro? Which is like my favorite Vince Russo soundbite I've ever heard in my life. And it like literally is the dumbest thing because it has no context whatsoever. No. But you happen to walk in right as he said it. And you're just like, oh, my God. Of all the times I could have walked in the room, it's when Vince Russo is saying, who's coming out of boxes, bro? Which you say to me. I constantly say it for no reason. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't even have context or anything. I just yell who's coming out of boxes bro or if i say bro i say it in such a way that it comes out like vince russo and yep. i start saying vince russo things i have vince russo brain rot it's true <laughs> and that's what you want to call it it's true and apparently he's constantly pissing people off online so like people are just saying stuff about vince russo constantly he's not a good person he's not a good person like there was like somebody complaining in the armchair icons group on facebook about vince russo lying about something and i was like you expected vince russo to tell the truth and that was your first fault (laughs) like come on and that was actually something that jim Cornette, which is part of this is that like it's literally just Jim Cornette and Jim Ru- or Vince Russo hating each other. Yeah. My serotonin boost because it always brings me joy. That's fair. Listen to these two bitch about each other. Yeah. And so uh, Jim Cornette even says in that in, uh, episode, Vince Russo is one of the biggest liars <laughs> in all of sports entertainment. And imagine how much real estate that takes up. <laughs> and there you have it. So they've been doing this for so long. I know... It was a shoot when it started, but I have to wonder if at some point it's become a work. No. Honestly, the the way they both violently do it, yeah. it is absolute pure rage. Like I, that is that is definitely just shoot completely. They they fucking hate each other. I don't know. And they had even Jim Ross at one point they ask him and he responds in that episode and he goes, Vince Russo and Jim Cornette have been on both sides of the coin for years now, and those two will never, ever be on the same page. Yeah. They they will hate each other to the end. And uh, Jim Cornette swears that when Vince Russo dies, whether he's ambulatory or not, that his wife take him to his grave so he can piss on his grave. Right. And he, <laughs> I think this is the, the kayfabe part of it is like, and I'll, I'll take her out of the will if she doesn't do it. But good luck on that. Good luck, Jimmy. Ah, wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as always, I want to encourage you guys to be following us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on um, 
TikTok, I think. We're on TikTok and we're on threads and, and we're on threads. all these places that I haven't had time to behave with. At Really Big Fan Pod. <laughs> you can find us on Twitch where we do this on uh, Wednesday mornings. That's also where we stream video games. We got to stream some Pokemon Unite soon. Yeah. We got to. Yeah, we got to do that, and I want to do another rock band. We got to play rock band soon, too. That's right. We've been we've been talking for weeks about, man, I want to play rock band again. So, yeah, check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash reallybigfanpod. It's also where you can find us on Patreon if you would like to support our uh, endeavors in doing this, as well as get exclusive content, our Patreon-exclusive show, the Really Big Fan Pod Double Feature, where I get together with Mike Pandoff, and we try and figure out what the top 10 movies of all time between the two of us are we've got uh, two episodes up right now so we've got our top four at least and uh, we're going to be recording the next one i think this weekend so you can check that out uh, at the five dollar tier as well as get ad free shows over at patreon.com backslash really big fan pod stay frosty boys stay fresh cheese bags <laughs> that's the quote i i don't know i didn't know that full quote and i said it a couple weeks ago no. and then you had to correct me on it and i was like I only know that reference from other people saying it. So that was my uh, that was my Twitter like head. Uh, my my what do they call that? Uh, there's your profile picture, and then there's like your headline picture that goes up there. Oh oh, it was um yeah the cover photo. Cover photo. That was my cover photo for my radio. Uh, I'm so surprised Twitter. you are Remy. What's a manga on Twitter? It was such a funny fucking joke. I love it so much. <laughs> Fish flies. No! <laughs> you hate fish flies so much. Oh my God. I don't want to live over here anymore. Why do, why, they <laughs> don't, they can't hurt you. I know, but they're gross. I mean, honestly, Superfly is just one big fish fly. Like, Kinda. he looks like, and right. like, oh, this is the perfect villain for me, because I don't like fish flies. Somebody uploaded a video on um, Instagram, and it was like, they were doing all these different edits over animals and nature and stuff like that and one of them was fish flies and i like threw my phone oh i was just like you could like it was like you could see that they were there was something flying but then when they what they were doing was they were like inverting colors as the edit yeah and so it inverted from like dark to light and as soon as it went to light you could actually see they were fish flies and i go why wouldn't you do that <laughs> like it's so disgusting did i tell you there's a fish flies comic why? Yeah. No, there's a it's a it's a horror comic which you'll appreciate. Yeah, because it's horrifying. But it's uh it it starts with there's there's this trio of boys and they're um they're they're out in the middle of summer on a summer night. They want to go to like the Seven Eleven get popsicles, but the parking lot is covered in fish flies, and they dare each other uh to do it. And one one of the kids is like, dude, I'll do it barefoot for twenty bucks. Oh, and he does. He walks over at barefoot, and then he walks in the store as it's being robbed. No. So like the guy who's robbing it turns around and shoots him, and then runs out the door and is mobbed and attacked by fish flies. <laughs> and then wakes up the next day as a giant fish fly. Uh, why? Why did anybody write this comment? Because <laughs> they understood that fish flies are kind of gross and scary. You want to see it? No! Don't show me.
show me. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I thought you might want to, you know. I, I have lived enough of the fish lies. I do not need to see it. Okay. <laughs> 